Ladies and gentlemen, we are back for another episode of the ABJ Podcast, episode 25. We are we are climbing up that ladder. Only been doing this since October, 25 episodes in. It's been a journey. But uh, before I get into my guests or anything like that, we got some housekeeping to take care of. Links for me, if you want to support, are all below. I'm not going to go through the whole spiel. You've heard it before. There's Patreons, there's merchandise, there's all that cool stuff that you can use to support. Links below for that, as well as my guest, and as well as uh, any shows you can catch me at in this next coming on uh, upcoming months. So that's what the first one I want to get up here. Let's get rid of this slider real quick because it blocks everything. Yep, and we're going to put a StreamYard comment up. Um, first thing is going to be Night of Steel uh, for Saturday, February, Saturday, February 11th at the Falcon's Nest in 403 Hudson Valley, Mayfield, Pennsylvania. Doors at 6, bell time 7.30. Front row, I believe, is sold out. General admission still available. And this is a collaboration between High Ground Pro Wrestling, brand new High Ground Pro Wrestling, and Smash Master Wrestling. And it's going to be a benefit show for Adina Steele and Philly Mike Swanson. Their links are below. You can show them love and support. They have subscription services as well as um, merchandise or just follow them on social media and show them some love and tell them you're thinking about them and wish them both speedy recoveries. Um, and then I have more shows this month coming up. I'll be in Nutley, New Jersey next weekend. That show is sold out. I'll be in Rio Grand Jersey in the week after that on the 25th. And then two big shows coming up. Uh, one's going to be in March 18th at the uh, in Philadelphia. So if you want to head to Icons, Go see the con. Great names there. Uh, leave the con when it's done. Walk a couple blocks. Doors, uh, bell time at 4 o'clock. Come see some great high-tension wrestling spring break 93. That show will be over. You can walk back three more blocks of icons and catch two amazing wrestling shows in one day. You can't beat it. And then Smash Master Wrestling's Mass Uncle Massey's 40th birthday will be Saturday, March 5th. I'll be at that event as well. So come out. Support your local independent wrestling and uh, have a lot of fun, man. There's a lot of cool stuff happening on the scene, and you should definitely come and show support. But without further ado, let's bring in my guest here for this episode. You see the title, you've seen the photos. The dude's jacked, he's killing the game. JS Michaels, what's going on, brother? ABJ, the ABJ podcast. I am honored, sir, to be on your podcast. And I hope I can add some uh, non wrestling flair to your podcast as well, because for a long time I haven't been a wrestler. So that's interesting all in of itself. Yeah. So you you did start off in this scene as as uh, you were telling me as a backyarder? <laughs> kind of. Yeah. So uh, I was in high school in 1997, so this might also be a first. I'm probably your oldest podcast guest. I just turned 43 last, last month. I turned 43. So proudly, yeah. proudly 43 years old. So, you look great. Uh, I wish I was you. as jacked thank as you were 43. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a fat slob. Takes a lot of work, man. It's a lot of sacrifice and not, not different than what everybody puts into and being the wrestling business to begin with, right? You sacrifice all day, every day, man, even to, to just get this whole thing rolling. But to talk about 1997, I was in high school, started working at McDonald's. So McDonald's is actually the birth of Valley Championship Wrestling. And that is the birth of a lot of the things you see today in wrestling in Northeast PA. Um, so it all started when I was working at McDonald's and I heard a bunch of kids in Old Forge, which Old Forge High School, 1997 class, class of 97 graduate. We, uh, we all decided to do uh, wrestling um, in the backyard. Actually, they had started it and I joined it. And there were a few names that you might know today that are still going uh, that were part of that federation. And it was called, now get ready for this, the most backyard name ever, Extreme Hardcore Championship Wrestling. Extreme Hardcore XX69 Backyard 
bloodbath <laughs> squared right yeah 90s baby yeah. love it yeah. and so everyone drew uh, those cool s's that, that were all the cool s's you know yes. what i'm talking about yeah. i do <laughs> yep yep yeah because we were all you know everybody that was teenagers in the 90s came up in the 80s so we were all a little bit edgy rock to begin with mm -hmm. so we had to put that extreme super mega hardcore and then ecw of course didn't help i mean that's yep. where it, you know we all wanted to be like ecw and attitude era right so wrestling in backyards to what ended up being uh when i termed i officially looked this up on uh the internet underground wrestling so how do you bridge the gap between under underground and backyard wrestling right well we learned we trained um ehcw was this very small group and then we had another group from sweet valley called valley championship wrestling who came in and scouted our shows and essentially uh like a bunch of our talent and they're like we put on these shows in uh backyard in sweet valley cool we'll come and wrestle for you then we got a building <laughs> so now we couldn't it was getting away from backyard because it literally wasn't in a backyard we also had a little bit of training so there was a, a dude uh, named jet jaguar who trained uh it was one of the founders of vcw in sweet valley i think his sister dated this jet jaguar dude and he learned all the bumps so we started learning the bumps that way so that's how we kind of went from backyard to underground and i'll pause because i'm sure there's many a few things you want to ask about that too yeah so when when you transition from backyard to a school and start learning that aspect is there like is there a blowback it's like ah, get out of here kids you're backyarders you're not welcome or do they, they they bring you in so they can teach you the business the proper way like is there is there a barrier there at that point in time or in the early stages so there wasn't a school there was uh larry adam steve and uh keith and and john who all got trained by this dude who passed down his knowledge on how to bump how to do certain moves and then they taught us them and before you know it we had our first show uh, in 1999 uh, yeah. at cafe metropolis and, and club uh sorry yeah cafe metropolis in wilkesburg and we drew pretty good we only had three matches and pop quiz and you won't be able to answer this but take a guess what wrestling personality that you're very familiar with today was my first match in value championship wrestling wrestling personality is I, i'm going to take that as a hint um so i do know a little bit i believe you came up with diamond city they were part of that early stages right Eric not and Brad. The first stage. Not the first not, stage. Not the first stage. Nope. Uh, I know Pete had some time in that area too. Pete DeLong. So is Dang that is that is that your answer, Pete? It is Pete. Yeah, I love Pete, Pete. Was uh, he was in he was a big fan of Insane Clown Posse growing up. And yes, so yeah, he almost got a tattoo era. on his back. Yeah, that <laughs> that's was right. We talked about in the episode. He had chains and green hair, and his current wife was also his valet sarah so very cool and pete was my first match in valley championship wrestling which then kind of exploded now you talk about the blowback oh there was blowback a little bit from our neighbors in hazelton which yeah. were also known as the wild samoans wxw and it's funny because we were big fans of them we would actually go to their shows and we formed um a fan club called the snapmare fan club so 19 of us would go in populate most of our shows and pop only for snapmares just for the hell of it we just like going there and we like to interact or interact with their folks. But if you ask them back in the day, even if you ask Trotsky, like, yeah, they were fucking backyarders. Like that's how we started. But <laughs> it was, Eventually. it was, a, it was, you know, I feel like I, I, I get the, the stigma, right? So like when you're running a company and you have to go through everything through the state and you have to go through everything in the proper channels and, and you have to spend money that 
realistically you probably shouldn't have to spend as a as a wrestling organization and then you have backyard kids who are kind of circumventing the process and not paying for training and not paying for this and, and they're just kind of doing it on their own way um i can see the blowback a little bit and um but i feel like that those those organizations should try to talk to those kids like hey man like we like what you do let's let's bring yeah. you in and train you properly instead of like becoming outcasts you know what i mean because most backyarders i'm going to assume are like you know the punk rock kids who are like listen i can't afford 400 yeah. 500 bucks a month to go to your school i'd love to i would love to be a part of the wild samoans but i just can't afford it man i just can't but it's still my dream and i want to chase this dream yeah we didn't we we weren't rich kids by any means so we couldn't yeah. afford whatever they wanted to charge nor could we afford to drive to hazelton to train um and then like we kind of got to the point where we're like screw you and screw what you're doing like we respect you you do your thing but we don't want to be a part of that we want a revolution right so in some way we were inspired by ecw and we were ring crew for ecw um on one of the shows or a few of the shows of the kingston armory and we got to go backstage and balls mahoney would watch our stuff and give us pointers and tips so we felt pretty cool about ourselves and then we drew like 300 like we packed Cafe Metro wall to wall with people. Now, granted, the tickets were three bucks, and uh, we used to really heavily ticket, um, you know, flyer all the, uh, the the shows that they used to do there at Cafe Metropolis. Um, so, you know, obviously we had a good street team because it was us. We were cleaning up after the shows on Saturdays, putting together the ring, which was their stage, bringing it forward, putting on the posts on Sundays, and then having our shows once a month. And man, like the fact that we drew that much. And then there was this other kind of event that happened. We had a, I think it was one of the, and I, I, I promised name drops of people nobody will even know and people that people do know today. Uh, there's a dude named referee Dan Mills. And I think Dan Mills' cousin worked at the, I think it was the FU Arena then, the First Union Arena, which is now Mohegan Sun Arena. Mm -hmm. Well, w, WCW had a show there and they left behind their entire format, scripted promos, how to run a show. I go, I, I wish I had the copy. I don't even, maybe somebody does. I never, you know, maybe Frank, Frank Nardo and Frankie Angelini, our, our local historian for VCW has a copy possibly, but it showed us how to run a professional show. And that's how we did it. We had formats moving forward. We had promos and then we had a lot of rehearsals, right? So I know back in the day, it was a lot of calling it on the fly. Not a lot of, you know, we're going to go out there and, and uh, you know, we're going to run through the script. Well, yeah, no, no savage steamboat no. where he's calling you at four in the morning. <laughs> Walk me through seven through 15 when we're done. <laughs> now, I did have a tag partner who was heavily into that, uh, but everybody else, not so much. And then we started to do these like rehearsals. So almost like a theater, right? Uh, we're going to do these staged fights. We're going to practice certain moves a couple times a week. And then we're also going to we're, we're going to critique each other. You'll know no, you got to go back and change that. You got to change that that spot. So it was a little bit more choreographed as we moved into like the probably fifth, sixth, seventh show, uh, because we, we realized more people are watching. Like we need a, a more crisp product. We want people to really like our brand. And, and we ended up getting a following of, you know, and for indie standards, you know, indie standards today, it's pretty good. You know, we probably average about, you know, somewhere between 150 to uh, well, 75 to 150 people a show. So not too bad. As a backyard company that now has a venue at this point in time in the 90s, you're putting more effort into most companies that are trying to run today. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> it's crazy it, to think about. Like We believed. We had a group of 50 people involved from the people that sold merch. People pressed shirts, VCW shirts. They'd go to uh, the local thrift store, buy a bunch of like, you know, mark down shirts and then press the VCW logo on them manually. 
we had, you know, website people, we had all kinds of folks involved. So top, top to bottom, we were a company and we were a bunch of like 19, 20, 21 year old, no nothings just starting from scratch. So now we're really like, we want to make this shit succeed. This is our, this is us. And I think I carried that personality with me the rest of my life after that. Um, and you know, skipping ahead, that's why I'm involved with smash master wrestling right now. Uh, because it's grassroots. It's we're going to do this a different way. Uh, we're still going to wrestle, but we're going to put on our own flair and our own touch. And so, you know, VCW to me was, uh, it was, it was huge. And, um, it, it ended up, we actually had a VCW indie show, like an officially licensed indie show. Now y'all heard the, the crazy, crazy craziness of, uh, rock and rebel and the, the unfortunate thing that happened with his family and, and him and all that stuff. He was, he was, the, he, we used his license. Like he, he, somehow we politicked. We had people who were good marketing people and he came and put on the show. Steve Carino defended the NWA title belt on that show. Wow. <laughs> Against Danny Rose. Uh, Ruckus was on the show. Didn't you so, just have to put Rebel in a match? Didn't he have a license yeah. on a ring or something? And then he, he as long yeah. as you booked him, he would let you use it. Yep. And Steve Carino, he brought he he brought his own referee. So not only did you have to pay Carino, you had to pay Mike Keener too. So that was funny. We learned a lot about the business in a very short amount of time at that point. Now that's when I kind of was like, eh, I don't like the way the actual indie business works. Like this is weird. Like there are people on our show that I don't know that I don't, you know, they're not part of our family. It was strange. Then we went yeah. and ended up going back into Club Home Base in Wilkes-Barre. And we ran a few more shows until some other stuff happened. Um, ultimately, we got shut down. <laughs> yeah. We weren't following rules. So we were we were canceled by uh, the powers that be in Pennsylvania. Yeah. And usually what happens. Yes, sir. Uh, that's, that's unfortunate, man. I, I, you know, I had a whole talk, and I, I definitely want him on someday, Trotsky, about – you know how how he went through that whole system and 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 he's trying to change the mindset of in professional wrestling and how it's treated as a sport you know what i mean and i do get that like working pa in jersey are two different animals right like if i fall if i know that you're gonna do a wrestling match right and you fall and hurt yourself at a pa show you're probably good i mean we have a doctor on side like that stuff is comforting but like, like I watched this one match where this guy did a did a four fifty from the top rope to the outside, missed the table completely, smacked his skull on the ground, completely broke his skull, and had to be life lighted. He still wrestles to this day. But like, I said, where did this happen? He goes, PA. I go, man, if that would have happened in Jersey, you would have de- you'd been dead. You'd yeah, been dead. Like, sure. there's no like, there's really nobody there to like make sure you're cool or make sure something, if something goes wrong, you're protected. Um, and they go crazy in Jersey. Like they're, they, they will, they'll jump off anything you, you hand them, but it's just like, so I do understand that aspect of an athletic commission and having a doctor and stuff, but I don't yeah. think you should have to pay an athletic commission to run a show or, or have a license and stuff. Like I just, I don't know, man. It's, it's just, just another mafia in Northeast PA, right? Exactly. We, we, all, we exactly all know a guy who knows a guy, and we also know the athletic commission very well, especially after. Dude, even doctors sometimes you show up, you're like, "That's the doctor," and they're like, "Yeah." I'm like, <laughs> "Hey, it's Doctor Pauly," you know? Yeah. I, I won't say the promotion, but we were at a show, and there was a spot where a kid jumped from the outside to the from the inside to the outside, and landed on his head, neck, and back. He was fine. He got up and finished the match. 
But that doctor didn't even flinch. He was just like, wow, that was cool. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like I want to get up and go check on him. And the, the doctor was just like, I'm getting paid. I'm sitting in this chair. Yeah. I ain't moving. You know what I mean? So like, yeah. there's there's different weird things. But yeah, it's PA. PA is very interesting. But yes. So that venue you guys ran at, is that still a, an active venue? Is that still something oh. that's being used? So uh, we ran in Cafe Metropolis and then we were kicked out because allegedly we put a hole in some wall that had abandoned the night before. So then we had to find Club Homebase. Um, it was a it was like a, just a huge like warehousey kind of venue. We were on the first floor at that point. Um, and then eventually when we came back and tried to do things a second time as Valley Wrestling Alliance, we wrestled on the top floor. Um, mm. And then they got rid of the ring up there. That had been great. Yeah. No, it was awesome. And they actually uh, – Joey DeVino, um, Joe Trichel, he promoted a lot of shows as like just hardcore bands and all kinds of stuff. Like Posse Fest, I guess, was a really big thing. And I was never into that kind of music. But I guess they drew like a ton of people. So when we weren't wrestling there and the guys weren't wrestling there, they were basically pulling in people to do music shows. And, you know, again, we had a, an entranceway that doubled as – you know, a stage for bands. And we were used to that by then. We had it down on how to build it. It was probably constructed in like two weeks or less. And then they were up and running. And unfortunately that didn't last either. In the middle of all this though, some of us actually did get trained. Okay. But we didn't go to school because there weren't any, right? This is not, there wasn't Shikara yet. There wasn't a solid ring of honor training academy yet. So we somehow stumbled on uh, Phil Stamper, and Rosh. <laughs> so Phil started, you know, he took the a president of independent wrestling, the president of independent wrestling. He was an RA or RD at misery. It was recording university in uh, oh, Dallas, Pennsylvania, out past Wilkes-Barre. And he took a liking to us and he started to teach us stuff. He took us to this little, I don't even know what to call it in Allentown on Chew street um, in Allentown. It was right after the Fuller, Fullerton ad exit. And we used to love it because it was really close to the Sandman's real name, James Fullington. We're like, mm -hmm. Fullerton, this is meant to be right. So a, a couple of us would go a couple times a week and we get trained by Phil. He would take us through the paces and learn, here's how you really do bumps. And here's how you call spots. And then, uh, we also had actually Trotsky come out a couple times and, and help us too. Right. And he put us through the really like Nope, get up, do it again. Nope, get up, do it again. Like the tough love that that mm -hmm. came with Trotsky and WXW training, which was awesome. And we needed that a little bit because we kind of needed that chip knocked off our shoulders, right? So a couple sore necks, a couple sore heads. We were sore. We, we barely, you know, I remember like driving off the road a million times trying to drive home from Allentown to Old Forge in Joey's car. It would be four or five of us. We're like, we're barely awake. <laughs> and then this is where everything gets weird. And there are a lot of synchronicities in my stories, even today. Um, and when, even when I left pro wrestling, I never left pro wrestling because of these things. But there was this other guy who came in uh, who I think it was Phil Stamper hooked this up. And his name was Lightning Mike Quackenbush. Right? So this was, there was no Chikara yet. There was us getting trained by Lightning Mike Quackenbush. And then there was this other group of people who I came to know uh, were some of the originals of Chikara that also got trained by Lightning Mike Quackenbush. So he taught us a bunch of stuff. He taught us some Lucha stuff and he prepared us for our first that indie match that we were just talking about to go back to. He's mm -hmm. the one who taught us how to do that kind of style of wrestling and how to like really play the crowd. And, you know, he has this whole way of teaching about like, you got a crescendo and it's like, you got to build the crowd up and build the crowd up, but boom, and then bring him back down. Like he had that passion for the story of wrestling and i think that's where a lot of us got did he teach you did he teach you the forbidden shikara special 
No, because there was no Shikara. I mean, we might have we unknowingly taught him that. I don't know. I so, just like that storyline. He, he knows the move. He yeah. knows how to get out of it. And I like to say that maybe we kind of made him want to be a wrestling trainer. Maybe we had some influence on that. I didn't read his book, but he might like make a half a sentence mention. I'm only half kidding here. Maybe he did. Maybe he didn't. I don't know. Maybe he had some influence. Dude, if you look at the Northeast scene, right, and you look at like the people who came out of here and the people who worked here and and, like places like WXW and Chikara and the Sanctuary and and all these places – there's moments where they take themselves seriously, but then also you look a lot of the talent and you look at the ones who are like our bright spots as talent. And they're also the ones who don't take themselves super seriously and they can do the corny stuff and the entertaining stuff. And, and they're the ones who last the test of time because yeah, they're not always jumping off high things and breaking their bodies and doing crazy things, but they could, cause they can have a funny squash match or they can have a funny bit or skit or develop a character that's going to help them stay relevant for a while. And and that's kind of the wrestling that, like, whether people want to like it or not, and I know the, the, the old heads of the world, like the Cornets, say they hate it, but you know what I mean? Like, but yeah, that's yeah. what is fun about the professional wrestling scene, and so much of that came out of the Northeast area, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. you know, every time I see breath, Best Friends on TV or I see, like, stuff like that, you're like, that that's like Northeast wrestling all over it like that's that's that came from our area you know it really did and even more so than some people might know that are listening so the best friends hey hey orange cassidy name drop um he was part of a group that rosh brought into our group so it mm-hmm. was him and lucky and danny uh dan champion lucky 13 like they all i almost wore my dan champion shirt for this podcast as well <laughs> My old I, tag I was team going partner. through my shirt, and I was almost—I almost grabbed the damn champion, but I, the prince I met was on top. Amen. The damn champion one's tie-dyed, so it just stands out in the, yeah. In the pile. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad to He's see that. He's such a sweetheart. Such a sweetheart. Yeah, man. and they're—they're they're all great guys, right? And that—that that was the thing. It was like, in a good indie fed right now, you have to have a good locker room, and we had a good locker room for the most part. There was some politics that happened, of course. Not everybody in a group of fifty to seventy-five people is going to like each other. That's just not going to happen. So you can't mm-hmm. just not going to happen. But for the most part, everybody got along and it was just really cool after the fact to see these, you know, so, you know, to see uh, Orange Cassidy on TV, to see the former New Jersey independent all-star, the former JC Ryder, right? It was amazing. And, uh, you know, I'm going to go on a limb here and, and tell, tell the world this and, and maybe I shouldn't because um, I don't know, somebody will hate me or whatever, but I have nothing to lose. I'm 43 and, I'm here in this for whatever. Um, if you go and, and do a YouTube search for NAW Backyard, you may find some gems in there when it comes to some of the current wrestling talent here and from New Jersey. So just saying. So I, I where, where, where would they search this? So YouTube, you want to look okay. for NAW. NAW. Yeah. So. You'll find some interesting things if you dig for a little bit. But we originally, um, me and a few folks drove up to NAW. Actually, Rosh told us that this was an, an indie fed that we were working with. And it was more backyard than what we were doing at the time. So we were just kind of like, screw it. We'll do it anyway. I mean, we were in grandma's backyard. There were, you know, seven fans. Uh, but we had fun and we really liked everybody there. And so we brought them aboard. And uh, yes, and Eric Pinhat says we are still family today. We're all family. All these people I'm talking about, like we're we're still connected, and that's the cool part. Yeah. Um, so, in case you want to know what happened after that, stuff got shut down. 
I started to go do indies. Now, Rosh hooked me up with, he had this teen icons concept, like you guys are going to be, you know, like Beverly Hills 90210 meets wrestling. And so it was me and Showtime Sean Sheridan. Um, and we, we got thrown right into it. So imagine doing this underground East stuff. And then now you're being shipped off to Jersey, uh, wrestling some guy that looks like The Rock. And he thinks, you know, he, nice guy, Ralph Soto was his name. I can't even find it. Uh, by the way, internet back then sucked. I can't find a record of this card anywhere. And then shipped off to Jersey Championship Wrestling and Jersey All Pro Wrestling. So back then, those were the big bigs. And I know JCW became GCW and all that stuff. But like to be on cards, to be that close to almost being on cards with Brian Danielson and with CM Punk, because I was about a month away from that when I quit. <laughs> oh. And now I look back and go, what was I thinking? <laughs> there's, there's, there's a match of Trotsky wrestling Daniel Bryant. Yes. And yes. he close lines the shit out of him. Yeah. And that was around <laughs> the same time, right around the Young Lions Cup. I would have been in in or on the young lions club card uh cup card yeah and by the way i just want to do another plug for the abj podcast this oh, there it is official the... abj podcast water bottle I, get I it have, at uh, somewhere dot com. i i have i have one of these for you as well next show yes beautiful yeah. so yeah it, it was a wild ride and after all that indie stuff happened i hate it indie because again it wasn't my family and it wasn't our thing that we were creating anymore it was somebody else's stuff there was sometimes no reason people were fighting people. And I was like, I'm done. I have no money. I can't keep traveling out. Um, I need to do something different with my life. And uh, there were a few reincarnations after that of the whole Valley scene. Didn't last long. Um, they, they, you know, uh, Rich Howe ran a couple different federations. We were trying to figure out what they were all called, but he brought back a Valley Championship Wrestling at some point. Um, he brought back I had Pride of Wrestling, Anthracite Wrestling. They had, you know, Brody Lee on one of their shows, which was pretty, pretty massive, right? Um, it was just crazy times. And then stepping away from wrestling for the longest time was, was, was interesting. It was a complete life change. So when, once you stepped away, what did you start doing? Um, I dove in headfirst into my degree. So I went to college um, to, at ESU. So in between VCW dying and then some of this other stuff, trying the comebacks trying to happen, um, I went to ESU for computer programming, basically. And I had taken a couple years of that already at Penn State and then University of Scranton. But I was so into wrestling. I did so shitty at the University of Scranton. I think I had a scholarship and I almost lost it. I did so bad. I didn't care. Like, I'm like, that's not what I want to do. I want to make VCW succeed. So eventually I went back to school. Uh, I became the party guy. I was vice president of my fraternity. I met some of my best friends that I have today that aren't in wrestling whatsoever. Um, and I partied and got a degree. And then it got to the point where they wanted me to graduate. And I'm like, oh, hell no. I don't want to graduate. Like, I like being here. Like, I'm finally coming out of my shell. Very shy Wild kid. You're Van Wilder. You, you yes. Know, I'm going to be a 15-year kid from <laughs> – Amen. And so I graduated the cybersecurity degree because I wanted to stay one more semester. They're like, take a couple classes, you'll get a whole different degree. And I'm like, great, because I, I don't want to program the rest of my life. That's torture. Like, chain me to a keyboard for, for two days straight. And then I'm, I'm like trying to make a dog hop on a screen or something. I'm like, no, that's definitely not for me. So cybersecurity degree. Uh, come back to Northeast PA, get a couple um, jobs. I worked, I did cybersecurity for a warehouse, um, like manufacturing company in music, Pennsylvania. And then I got an interview with uh, a life insurance company in the Lehigh Valley. So 
there I am. There goes my career. My, everything became cyber, cyber, cyber security. So I worked my way up from entry level dude all the way to now I'm a head of cybersecurity assurance, which is a hacker team. So that's the last several, uh, fif- almost 15 years of my life. Wow. With no wrestling. <laughs> now, do you still like watch the product? Do you still follow the indie scene, like to see what people are doing? Or did you completely like wipe your mind from all wrestling altogether? So when I went to school, my whole thing became my fraternity. So I, t- I-, I jacked out of everything. I didn't see the uh, the era that came after the Attitude Era in WWE. I don't know what yeah, happened. Ruthless Re- aggression. Ruthless aggression. Yeah, yeah I didn't yeah. watch that. Um, ECW came back and died, and you know through WWE branding. So didn't watch that. I didn't watch any wrestling then. And I heard about things going on. I heard about Chikara. I heard about uh, one of the other founders of Extreme Hardcore Championship Wrestling, uh, Drew uh, Matt Turner. Um, I heard him going through the Ring of Honor Academy and getting to do some cool stuff. And I kind of watched from afar and I would get, you know, random messages from people from time to time, keeping me, you know, up to date and just really seeing things explode. So I was like, really, I really marked out for the things my people were doing, like Mm -hmm. totally marked out, but didn't pay attention to the rest for the longest time. So, yeah. And then I would a little bit, like I almost get pulled in. Like I'd get messages from like Danny, you know, I didn't get into it much, but Dan and I were tagged. We're also the teen icons after me and Sean Sheridan had split up. Uh, me and Dan, um, Dan would ping me. And I, when I moved to Lehigh Valley, they live across the bridge near Phillipsburg, New Jersey, some of them. Um, so it would be like, hey, come out with us. And it turns out it was like Dan's birthday. He was out with, you know, obviously Orange Cassidy, Eddie Kingston, Chuck Taylor. And I'm like, I had no idea who these guys were at that time. And if I did, I would have gone. And I'm like, shit, there were times when they're paying me, hey, come on, come train over at Jakarta. Nah, I'm done with wrestling, guys. You know, I'm just, I have a fiance now, you know, I'm yeah. trying to do this. You would have walk, walked in the door and like all those names and Claudio would have been there and Brody and, I oh my goodness. My well, I, yeah. or wouldn't, uh, maybe I wouldn't have because I wouldn't have known who they were. Could we just, so we're, <laughs> Uh, when we right before uh well actually oh, it was on this channel well every now and then we go back and review like an old show and uh we're i'm from like the, the northeast area where it's more of a like the school county side so uh the other side of the mountain from us is like pottsville so i'm in i'm in the, uh so pottsville is kind of like my hangout spot and there was goodfellas goodfellas uh, club and they ran a chikara show and we watched the show that happened literally 15 20 minutes from my house that i didn't know existed at the time and then you go back and you're watching you're like Holy shit, dude. Like all these people who are now on my TV wrestled in a building that's 20 minutes from my house and I never knew it existed. Like that's what I'm telling people now. Like enjoy your independent wrestling scene because you never know. You never know. It's crazy. Like I never, I never realized like name drop again. Like I was going back and trying to figure out all my matches. And I was like, oh, we used to wrestle for this federation called GBW out near Hanover, not Hanover near Wilkes Fair, but Hanover near. Uh, like past Harrisburg. I'm like, Apollo Cruz was on this show. John Moxley was on this other show. I'm like, holy shit. Like who would have yeah. thought, you know, it's crazy. You never know. Did you ever, did you ever hang out with, uh, cause with Dan champion, did you ever hang out with ultra Manus? No, 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 that, that guy's awesome. I, I love ultra Manus black. <laughs> my coolest, my coolest hangout was the iron Sheik. I know it, that show I mentioned where I wrestled the guy that looked like the rock iron Sheik was there with the six pack of Budweiser and weed sitting Love outside that. the door and just like smoking and telling stories that made it happen. Yeah. yeah, it was yeah, I mean <laughs> surreal. Yeah. Surreal. But that's that's the thing. You're you don't know who you're standing next to across the ring from in the locker room next to. 
just bullshitting with backstage for the, you know, the couple hours it takes to get my, to the show when you're not wrestling. My craziest wrestling moment is um, we're, we're, we're at Hamburg for the uh, Legends of Icons Festival. And we get there early and I'm nervous because it's like some still early into like having like I think it's my first con that I'm ever a part of. And um, right before the show for my anxiety, I go and I take a couple wax, we'll say, and I go in. I'm like, all right, I'm chill. I'm calm. And I'm, I'm sitting there and we're setting up our table and uh, I get a pat in the butt. Like someone's pats me on the butt and they're like, what's up, baby? How you doing? And I go, my turn, Jimmy Hart, just Jimmy Hart. <laughs> And he just stops and has a full yeah, conversation yeah. with me. Like we've been best friends for 15 years. Yeah. And then he walks away and I look at my friend, Brian. I'm like, did, did that, did that just happen? Did like yeah. did Jimmy Hart just stop? Like, like those, those moments, like you, you try to be like, I'm in the business now, but then you meet like someone you watch since you're a kid. And you're like that, that's crazy. Like, it's just, I don't know. It's neat. It's, it's a fun business, man. Yeah, it, it certainly is. And I'll tell you what, and since we're getting into the, the business, uh, one of the reasons I had to come back to wrestling was good. You know, I wanted to help out Rosh and I definitely wanted to be involved somehow. Cybersecurity could take a lot out of you from a mental health perspective. All you're doing is solving difficult problems all day, trying to figure out ways to do things with very little people because the, you know, the, those bad actors, the attackers that hack stuff, they have so much money and time. They have their own corporations. Meanwhile, you have your little rinky-dink team that's just coming up trying to learn cybersecurity and on the fly to defend all this stuff. And it takes everything out of you. So, you know, I got to a point from a mental health perspective where I couldn't get out of the matrix ever. So I'm like, I need to slowly distance myself from this and do something different. Um, and the second thing that kind of brought me back into it all, and, and, you know, again, all of those things we've talked about, super, super exciting, but it's this what the hell is that john right uh covid so i got covid over two years ago and when i did it wiped out my smell and taste and then a few months later it distorted my smell and taste and it's never come back so what i i have to smell these essential oil sticks multiple times a day this is what i wear when i eat so if you see me this is why i don't eat public usually because i look like a clown and I know I shouldn't beat myself up like that. I get it. But yeah, yeah, yeah. it's really hard. So I've got this like weird disability that disconnects me from people more. So now as I'm reclaiming my life from cybersecurity, I can't be a normal person again. And wrestling gives me a way to kind of be normal, to connect with people and it not have to be, you know, excluding myself at a corner to eat or just make me feel weird. Like, and the wrestling locker rooms are so accepting. They don't care who you are, what background you're from. A lot of the folks you meet are just like, yeah, we're in this together. We're all just a bunch of little kids inside and we're just uh -huh. going to have fun, dude. And like to be able to come back into that and survive, you know, corporate America for 15 years, survive, you know, be able to shift from focusing on my disability and what I can't have to focusing on the present has been so therapeutic for me, like just insanely therapeutic. We have, we have a little bit of common ground here. So I, I, I also have a disability. I have, I, my body doesn't produce collagen. So I, I have, that's called EDS. Ellers Danlow syndrome. So I'm extremely hypermobile, have have hypermobility and I dislocate and I have really bad arthritis and joint pain and all that stuff. And I, I was diagnosed at 13 and all I knew growing up was sports and athletes and wrestling and basketball and soccer. And as I got older, it just I I, I just it started fading away. So podcasting essentially led to me getting away from using my body and using my mind and my voice. And that led me to professional wrestling, but wrestling, once again, is an, is an avenue where I was obsessed with as a kid and I would love to get in there and do things, but I can't 
But because it's so accepting, accepting, and there's so many roles you can do within the professional wrestling world, I can sit at commentary. I can sit and ring a bell. I can be backstage and interview somebody. I can sit on a podcast and talk to talent, which I agree with you, man. Like, and especially this this five seven zero Northeast wrestling family, man. Like, I I I'm, I'm fortunate. Within a year and a half, I've got to travel three different states and work for probably six or seven to eight different companies. But man, there's something about this area where like. Uh, where, I, where I know uh, 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 an Eric and a Brad are going to be there, or a Pete, or a Rosh, or uh, uh, you know an Alex Watt, or a Kit Raff, or an, an AJ Evers, or and I can go on and on and on and on. If I know they're in the locker room, that's like going to a family reunion you want to be at. You know what I mean? Like, and it's yeah. so welcoming because everyone loves you and everyone wants you to be there. And and it's more than just like the fans out in the crowd are, are there for a wrestling show but we're also there to entertain, but like we, we feel like a team going out and doing it. And that's just an environment. I've it's, it's hard to replicate in different wrestling companies and different locker rooms. Yeah. I, I mean, that's, that's why we do it. And my fiance, Lindsay, she, she helps out a lot and with smash master, she's helping me with production, but she's also, you know, she, the chief, we call her the chief financial officer. She, she takes the tickets and makes sure that, you know, everybody gets their money. Rosh gets his money. Uh, she's kind of like did not realize what this was like behind the scenes and nobody does. And it's easy to get addicted to when you realize you're entering mm-hmm. a family, like with no pretenses, whether you have 85 years of experience, you come from the backyard, you're trained, you're not trained, you're just learning. Everybody's trying to be something and just have fun. And it's really supportive. And I, I saw that immediately went backstage at Smashmaster. like the culture, I mentioned culture. It's insane. It's insane. No, we don't, we can't afford to pay Orange Cassidy to come in you know, and, uh, you know, wrestle, or we can't, we can't bring on folks like PPW do. We just don't have that or PPW or even at what Alpha Junior is doing now, they have, they have connections that we don't have. They have money we don't have, you know? So what's really, really critical is that we have the passion together and everybody, everybody in the back wants this to succeed. And just that got infectious too. And I'm like, yes, Rush, I will help you out every single way I can. I want to help everybody out. Um, and it's just amazing. I, I will say this from a, a standpoint, and it might get me, it might get me heat, it might not. But I've worked for those companies, and I've worked, and I've been backstage at those companies, and they're great. And I loved, I loved the opportunities they gave me. Oh, he just got disconnected for a second. Um, your can't your microphone or your camera just shut up. Let's see, can you hear me? Oh, we'll remove him until it pops back on. Um. I'm not sure if you can hear me, so I'll hold my thought. But guys, uh, real quick, while I'm killing time here until he pops back on. Yeah, dude, check the links below. Make sure you support myself as well as my guests. We have a lot of cool things. I know I'll just kind of go to the chat here real quick. So if you are listening to the audio, this is also a live stream podcast. Hard and Soft Wrestling Podcast. And how do you go live with YouTube on guests? I use a program called StreamYard. Um, if you need help with anything, man, hit me up, and I will, uh, I'll help you walk through how to sign up for this and do it. Um, can you hear me? I see you on screen, but I don't. I can't see or hear you. You might have to close it out and come back in. Um, do we watch? I watch NXT, and actually later on tonight, I will be doing a live watch along of NXT. So if you come back to this channel, or if you like and subscribe, uh, you can you can check this out. If you are watching this live via Facebook or via um, uh, Twitch or Twitter, it's 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 on all those links, so you can uh, you can check them out. We are currently at 225 subscribers on the quest to 1K. So definitely those would really help out. I think he's back. Am I back? Yes, we hear you now. Woohoo! What happened? Good guys win. 
That's all cybersecurity. They're trying to take down the ABJ podcast. Yeah, I must be giving away like secrets or something. They're, they're <laughs> monitoring me, man. Yeah. Yeah, but what I was going to say before, and this is no hate to any of those companies. I, I appreciate all the support and love they've given me when I was backstage and stuff I do for those companies. But, you know, sometimes those companies, guys, just are there for their their check, you know, and that's that's clear and apparent. And if they don't get the check, they don't come back. And, and there's nothing wrong with that either because, yeah. you, you know, sometimes getting paid and coming to work for a promotion is one thing. But I've also worked at promotions where everybody walks in with the same thing. They, 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 everybody walks out with the same thing they walked in with. But it's just a general passion of making art with your friends and being part of a locker room and being like, hey, we enjoy this, this profession and we love this business. But we also have the same common interest of making where we are right now bigger than what it is. So it's it's one thing to come in and take a paycheck to work for a company, but it's also another thing to walk into a company and be like, I'm working for this company to try to make this something this company something bigger. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And that's and honestly, that's how your your ECWs have rows. That's how your GCWs have rows. That's how your CZWs have rows and your Chikaras, because everyone who was part of that locker room was a part of that locker room and they took pride in that locker room and they made that locker room something bigger than it was. And it wasn't someone just walking in the door. Hey, can I get my envelope? I'm going to go do a match and I'm out of here. Yeah. And that's a difference. That's the clear difference between a lot of locker rooms. Yeah. And I always thought like, what advice would I give younger folks looking to get into it? Don't do it for the money. Don't think there's ever going to be money there. <laughs> I think the most I've ever gotten paid was like 10 bucks. Like that's back, you know, 2002 that was a lot you know, i got like, paid i was like are you sure yeah <laughs> like, got, you got, got a whole 10 shiny 10 got a whole shiny nickel it was great um yeah. so here's what i want to do with the podcast i think if i mention things you can hashtag them right so if i say joe rogan you can do hashtag joe rogan i think so yeah maybe i have to go back and like Ready? do all that yeah orange cassidy aew wwe right what else do we have to say <laughs> COVID, we talked about my, my disability as a result of COVID. You can hashtag COVID. So are, are you slowly getting any of that back or what is that? Like, how does that come about? So it's just different distortions. So um, nothing tastes normal, period. Not a thing. Um, like coffee and poop have the same smell to me. And neither, and it doesn't smell like coffee or poop. Okay. So imagine that, but everything. Like anything you're about to That's eat. actually a benefit for being at wrestling shows because sometimes <laughs> I almost got heel commentary because sometimes those stinking fans now <laughs> or people don't wash their gear. You're yeah. Immune. Well, you, you don't know. Your character. Right? Your character can't you, – you have a wrestling character who can't smell, so they put you against like Dirtbag Dan and you're immune to Dirtbag <laughs> Dan because you can't smell him. <laughs> don't give Rosh any ideas for the next Christmas show, okay? Because uh, I, I have enough gimmicks. I don't need, I don't need another one. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, get to go back to the wrestling such a community. If you could be involved, get involved. That's that's yeah. one thing I always say. And for all those fans out there, people watching this podcast going, "Well, I don't, I'm not a wrestling fan." Yeah, but do you watch action movies? Do you like Broadway? It's all of that stuff. The lot. Are you looking for a group of friends because you have you don't have a friend? Any Honestly, of these. It things. could be that easy. Can you can you make graphics? Can you help make graphics on a poster? Can you hold a camera? Can you collect a ticket? Yeah. Can you? Right. There's so much you can do, and I promise you, if you get in the door doing those things, you're gonna meet a culture of people you're gonna love and, and cherish for the rest of your life. Amen, amen. And and you know, uh, what it, what it, was it? Silvio Dante quoting movie. I, once I thought I was out, they pulled me back in. 
And yeah. that's that's it. You know, every once in a while, Rush will be like, hey, uh, you're doing a thing here with this and that sanctuary. And I'm like, I, I'm not a wrestler anymore, but I'm a wrestler now again. So I guess mm -hmm. you don't you don't stop learning how to ride bikes. Right. But everybody yeah. who can go to a wrestling show, a local one, support them. Right. Yeah. They're mom. You know, they're your mom and pop businesses. WWE. I saw NXT mentioned they've got so big, such huge budgets. They have a lot of choices. They have a lot of options. We're just kind of limping by. Uh, every indie is kind of limping by just trying to get to the next show, trying to figure out how to get enough to make it to the next show and the next show and the next show. So we can all keep living our dreams. Yep. So NXT, NXT was essentially picked clean from ROH and ROH was essentially picked clean from the Northeast wrestling scene who yeah. all came from the independent wrestling backyard areas. You know what I mean? And um, it's, and we're going to keep feeding them. Yeah. Baby Jay, we're going to keep feeding them. We got them up. coming up like crazy. Like when I saw, um, when this I, guy right I, here, yeah, Prince Ahmed, <laughs> One, I mean, I met him backstage. Couldn't be a nicer guy. Wild man in the ring, just completely innovative. Does you know? I, I remember it might have been on your podcast. That I heard like he just invented a move out of nowhere on the fly. Yeah, like yes, that stuff is what I'm here for. Yeah. Those artists, right? Um, MIT met backstage. Really good dude. Special. He's a dad. You know, he's a firefighter and he's a wild man in the ring. Like this, this is the guy. If you want to watch anybody coming up. One of the one of the talent, I shouldn't say guy, because there's a lot of girls that are coming up and that are currently in Northeast PA wrestling that are going to be something big someday. But MIT, he's going to be something big. Keep your eye on him. I'm excited for him versus Kit. That's oh boy, oh boy, really good match. Smash Master 40th birthday party, MIT versus Kit. Uh, MIT just put on a really good match recently too with uh, that no good, dirty, rotten scumbag Ricky Price. Um, <laughs> hate that kid. Another, another local talent. I wasn't wearing his shirt last podcast. It was a glitch. He hacked <laughs> into my camera and put it on, and I was wearing something completely different. That's amazing. Uh, <laughs> hey, hey, Ricky Price, we're looking for some good hackers for hire, so, you know, <laughs> hit up my DMs. But, yeah, so – and you also yourself have a, a – you're a little bit of a content creator yourself as now well as, – as well now as – I don't know what I'm trying to say. I don't yeah. freaking stroke talking. <laughs> you're, you're, you're a content creator, correct? Kind of, yeah. Yeah. I mean – I this goes back to when Brad uh, DeMeo, Bruno DeMeo, Bruno Serafini, uh, Seraph, all of his gimmicks that he's gone through over the, the time. He actually had this kind of Taz version of his character. And we took a Kiss song and I remixed it, cut it up, and it kind of took up all the Kiss parts and kept the guitars and stuff. So I was able to kind of just hack together with stuff. I'm a DIY guy. So I don't. I, I, I don't have, I have the attention span of a fly. If I, you say watch a YouTube video on how to do something, I'm done in three seconds. I can't do it. Mm -hmm. So figuring out how to do that myself. I'm figuring out how to use the, the, the YouTube or the, the uh, Instagram reels and stuff now just to get content out there. And I like being in front of the camera. I've, I've had a camera since I was like 10 years old. My grandmother bought me a camera and I've always been in front of the camera. So I'm like, I'm going to do some stuff. And I don't know if anybody watches or doesn't. And frankly, it's, you know, no offense to everybody that watches. Thank you, but I don't care. I do it for me. I do yeah. it for me for fun. I'm in that same boat. I mean, I definitely want to strive and make this something. But I, I also said, like, I want to make this community so I can then take my community and feed it into something else. So if I can get a couple thousand subscribers and they're all over the world and they can go and subscribe to a, a YouTube channel that I do commentary for or a company I pride myself in and helps them get some views and people fall in love with the same people I'm watching every weekend, that's that's my goal to grow my brand. That's awesome. I'm glad you have goals. I don't know what that's like, man. I just wing it. I well, I have goals, but I wing it while I get there. Yeah, I'm definitely nice. like even the wrestling business. When someone first came to me, like, "Hey, can you do this?" and I was like, "Yeah, man, I've done it all the time." And then I do it, and they're like, "Yo, man, how long have you been doing it?" 
Oh, that was my <laughs> second time ever trying that. <laughs> I was like, yeah. what? They're like, why did you tell us? I'm like, because you wouldn't have let me do it if I told you it was my first time. Yeah. Even absolutely. though now in the wrestling business, they definitely would have because they didn't have anybody else for that spot. But yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so where can people like what what type of content do you make? Like what do you what like what do you do? So right now it's just kind of promotional stuff for JS Michaels. Um, so uh, right now it's kind of like uh, promos, a little bit promos, a little bit of like just quick. Here's what JS Michaels is thinking about this upcoming match. Not that I have a bunch of matches. I have an unopened calendar and I'm not looking to fill it. <laughs> That's what I always say. Yeah. I, I don't mind wrestling, but I'm not going to wrestle full time. Um, I'm, I'm old and at some point I might get hurt, even though I, you know, keep in shape and stuff. I don't, you know, got to pay the bills first and foremost. So um, yeah. But I like just to put together stupid stuff, stupid shit. Like J.S. Michaels is an idiot. Um, he is probably a modern combination of a uh, list of Jericho, Jericho, Seth Rollins, um, probably with a little bit of L.A. Knight mixed in, a little bit of Dolph Ziggler. Like he's just a dumbass, you know, and that's all he's supposed to be. And that's OK. And, and he's going to have fun. But then, you know, I said, I'm going to create another character. I'm going to do, you know, something that's near and dear to my heart since I was. I don't know, probably 10 years old or so. I had a cousin named Jody and she was into the hair bands well into the nineties when they weren't around anymore. And they were kind of love like, hair metal. Off. Love it. yeah. So she actually is a good friend of Brett Michaels from poison, which I came to find out. And I was so fucking happy when I found that I'm like, you can't, I can't believe it. But I spent summers with her and really love the hair bands. So that's part of me. Just like JS Michaels is part of me. It's not a character. It's part of me. Well, Johnny rocket is this new concept I'm working on. I got this ridiculous hairband wig and I do this like really bad English accent and I am, you know, Johnny Rocket, right? I want to wrestle as a face as Johnny Rocket, right? So I want to Glamrock might need a partner. That's what I was thinking. VLG and <laughs> Johnny Rocket. But I think I think that stuff is fun, just being able to play a character. Because like even at work, there's there's so many rules as to how you can behave in a corporate environment. And the company I, I work for there's not as many rules nowadays. Like you can be yourself. You just have those corporate confines. This is my art. I can do whatever the hell I want, right? If I want to create another another character on top of that, I can do that. It doesn't matter. There's nobody to tell me I can't. Bro, if I, I you know how every trend and style comes back and right now we're kind of in that like the 90s, early 2000s are coming yes. back like and everyone's into that. Like I, I just, I want to I want to get skinny again, right? I, I never, I still kind of wear skinny jeans a little bit. I can't get rid of them. <laughs> But like if, if like guy liner starts come back and I can make my long hair 80s style and I can, you know, I mean, like I would 100% revert back to a hair metal guy. And I never even lived in that era. I just love that look like yeah. Steel Panther and Motley Crue and like all those bands that came like the hair metal bands. I love yeah. them. Love them. Van Halen, like all that stuff. I'm into yeah. It. And look, I mean, I'm such a big fan of the 90s and early 2000s. And really uh, the, the, the whole 9-11 situation sent the country in a total different direction for so long. Like it's so yeah. refreshing. We can come back and just start to really enjoy life and just rock out, right? So, yeah. and then I mentioned J.S. Michaels. He's an extension of my character too, that I can't be at work or in the real world. He's, he's your early version of Troll, right? <laughs> um, he's not going to slap the fans' hands, right? And he's going to do stupid shit like over the top battle royal. I got two, J, I'm sorry, JS Michaels. He got two pinfalls in an over the top battle royal. Who else can say that besides the experience? JS Michaels, right? <laughs> I so, like when they have battle royals where you can pin or submit a guy. I think they're, I think they're entertaining. Yeah. Monster Man tried to do it to uh, um, Yokozuna and then got thrown out. 
Yeah. Macho, Macho Man is historically the worst guy in a Royal Rumble of all time. He's he's just terrible <laughs> at it. He's terrible at Royal Rumble. One of the greatest wrestlers, but war, he's the worst at, at, at Rumbles. Um, yeah, anything else? I mean, we're getting close to the end here. If anyone is yeah. watching live and you have any questions, anything you want to add in there, uh, please, please, please put them out there. And um, I'll kind of give you guys, and I'll, I'll let you be part of this as well, um, the, the rundown. So right now we, we have you on. Um, then next on this Thursday, I'm going to be two, two interviews back to back with Philly, Mike Swanson at three o'clock and then at five o'clock, Riley Crow. Uh, then, then on Sunday will be angel Metro. Uh, then on Valentine's day, I'll be eating some chocolates and, and having my dinner date with, uh, Alex Watt. The following Thursday will be with Paige. Then I'll have the boys from welcome back podcast on, uh, then we'll be ending the month with Shelby. And then the very end of the month. Will be the one and only Adina Steele. So That's, very, very exciting wow. month. A lot of our good friends on this podcast. Uh, the entire month of March is booked. I have in, all, all of March is good to go. I have everyone booked. We're still doing two a week for the uh, month of March. April is still open, but I'm not sure yet if I'm going to do two a week in April or if I'm going to dial it back to one, uh, one a month nice. on that. But uh Already in the chat, not really a question, more of a statement. Shelby Waters says, I'm excited to beat you up on Saturday. Not a chance, Waters. You see, she comes across as this like cool surfer chick type thing. Guess what? Shelby Waters is actually a heel in disguise. I've, I've seen her distracting referees. I see the attitude there. She's going to try to cheat to win. And I'm going to do whatever I can to stop that from happening. We're going to take her surfboard, throw it in the back, and she's going to be chasing it backstage. She won't even have a chance to enter the match. I'm not. J.S. Michaels is not worried about Shelby Waters. I actually made a prediction during a Shelby Waters match. I, you know, so uh, every now and then I like to throw little quirks in there to mess with people on commentary. And I knew a few people were watching um, that were, uh, we'll just say, right-wing leaning politicians so when she came out she had all the blue like lights behind her and she's the blue wave shelby waters and i said the blue wave is going to be taken over in a couple weeks and then, <laughs> and then they actually did like <laughs> like, the, like the red wave never happened and yeah. i was like that's because shelby waters won them and i think it was like her first win too uh on, on in, in 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 the ring at sanctuary so it was pretty funny um yeah. hunter said if you can give any piece of advice to a young js michaels what would it be Oh, believe in yourself, kid. Um, nobody believed in me. Uh, that was part of why I stopped wrestling to begin with. I didn't have somebody to tell me, keep going. That was like an experienced person. People would be like, yeah, you're pretty good. And all this stuff that like in my echo chamber, but mm -hmm. my family was like, what the hell are you doing? You know, I dated girls whose, you know, families and friends made fun of me for doing this. So I got pushed out because nobody believed in me, but I would have said, you can do it, man. You can do it. Keep going keep going you got this you're okay yeah and and don't really listen to your outs like if you have your, your your tribe of people and it's not something that everybody else is into if it's not hurting anybody who cares what other people think like yeah you're not going to sit there and tell me not one person in their mem in their lifetime at one point in time was not a pro wrestling fan and if you tell me you weren't you're a liar and if you tell me you don't like professional wrestling but you do like other things i'm going to say oh what what do you like i like mma yeah. Oh yeah, what, what's who's some of your favorite? Oh, I love Conor McGregor. Oh, you mean the guy who's trying to be Ric Flair? Okay, tell me how you don't like pro wrestling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, oh, it's mean? it's fake. It's fake. Yeah. Oh, okay. oh you, like, you like NFL, but you don't like pro wrestling? How about every single time a professional wrestler guy makes a sack or they do something? What do they reference? Pro wrestling. Uh, it's it's part of it's it's more in pop culture than people think it is. It's yeah. more intertwined in our world than and it and it's the most honestly. You want to sit there and brag about baseball and basketball? 
pro wrestling is the most American thing ever created. And it's the only thing that has transitioned from America to other parts of the world and was adopted by the entire world. Yeah. And, and the other thing I would say is, is everybody, you know, this goes out to everybody out there, find your own group of people that will support your dreams. Yeah. Don't worry about the rest, right? Don't worry about the haters. They're hating because they're jealous or because they have their own insecurities. Don't worry about them. Find yourself a Diamond City War Machine. Find yourself a, a, a Pete Long. <laughs> find yourself a Rosh. Like, find people who are who are, you know, it does help that they're from the five seven zero. But find people who are literally like that. They're gonna tell you when you're wrong, but also lift you up when you need it, and tell you when you're doing the right thing as well. And and that really helps. And that's why I'm very thankful of being part of the five seven zero and being part of this family and this and this group and meeting you, man. I we met at like two Smash Master show, and here we are just chilling. Now we're going to bars and stuff together. It's a good time. Absolutely. And I promise we talk about non-wrestling stuff when we did that. So I want to get more people to watch because this is not just a show about wrestling, a podcast about wrestling. This is about life. This is about stories. This is about watching people live their dreams and figuring out the nuances of having to wear a clip and just all these things you would never know about people. This is mm -hmm. podcasting, you know, Joe Rogan will drop again. I learn about people on Joe Rogan podcast that I wouldn't normally ever meet. You're going to meet so many diverse people on here doing different things. You mentioned Paige. She's not a wrestler. Paige is a phenomenal photographer, right? But you have so much to learn about her journey. Please tune in, watch. Don't just, uh, some of you might've joined because, oh, look, it's John, right? I know him from this, this, and that. Watch them all. Listen to them all. Like, follow, subscribe. I know I sound like a commercial, but do it. I mean, you need to learn about people that aren't like yourselves. Open up yeah. your mind there. My first interview was a was an independent horror, like he is a guy from our area who who made his own independent horror movie that was banned all over the world because of the yeah. the the, 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 the violence that was in it. Um, I interviewed a guy who tours all over the world as a drummer in a band. Like I, I'm down to interview anybody. Uh, I have had some people hit me up in the links. It's just I'm so intertwined in the wrestling community. That's where a lot of my guests come from, and we do intertwine the wrestling. But like you said, it, it's people. It's it's storytelling. It's it's learning about people in general. Uh, actually, you know what? While you're here, we do have a couple minutes. Do you want do you want a little sneak peek of March? Let's hear it. All right, so March, first episode, Boom Harden. Um, right now he's in a tag team with Deshaun Pratt, which is another person I want to get on this podcast so bad. I love Deshaun. Uh, then it's going to be someone we talked about on this episode. MIT will be on the podcast in, in March. Um, then we'll be having the one and only, the most entertaining, dirty scumbag in the professional wrestling world, Tommy Vex, <laughs> will be on the podcast. Jaden Steele. Mike Skyros. Um, then we have back to back, not not together, but separate. Probably the uh, who I would say who the people who have taken me under their wing so much in this independent wrestling, professional wrestling world. Uh, Eric Pinhat on the twenty first, and then Brad DeMeo on the twenty third. Uh, Nathaniel Cunningham on the twenty eighth, and then I'm ending the month. I'm like like I'm ending this month, ending it with the Queen Adina, but now I'm ending March with another queen, and that's Mary Beth. That is awesome. And it's an awesome lineup. And, and you're getting a good mix of talent from all from all over the place. You get some Smash Master folks, but also folks that are up and coming from different areas to really tell yeah. their stories. So and what, what you're going to do, folks, listeners, you're going to fall in love with some of these people. And then you're going to want to go to wrestling shows because you want to see what that's all about. Like, I just met the person. What is the wrestler like? What do they do in the ring? What do they yeah. dress like? So. And, and the thing cool is that, that you're not going to experience at that you you at our, at the shows that we go to that you wouldn't at some of the other ones is these wrestlers come out from the back and they and they will come talk to you the kids and they will interact and they will be part of it and even if they don't have merch to sell they still come out and say hi to everybody you know what I mean like it's not like the WWE when you sit in your seat you watch them come to the ring they go to the back and you never see them ever again it, it's a very personable experience and you're gonna have a blast 
and uh, just support support independent wrestling wherever wherever you are. Just search the show that's coming up, and I guarantee you'll go. And it's not like it was, and I'm not trying to throw shade, but it, it's not like it was back in the day where people were still kind of figuring things out. These these people who are get, going through the training and doing everything they're doing now are on a completely different level of professional wrestling, and they're so entertaining and they're athletic and. And it's such a good mix of the old school meeting with the new school. And that's what you're going to get at this Northeast style where you're going to get these old school guys working with the new school guys. And they put together these, these beautiful works of art and the best way I can describe it. But uh, JS, thank you so much again for coming on the podcast. I appreciate you, my guy. I cannot wait to see you in a, uh, on this, this weekend at, uh, at the, at the show. And uh, if you are in the area, please come out once again to the, a night of steel event in, uh, in, Mayfield, Pennsylvania. Once again, I'll put it up. Uh, or not, sorry, Hudson, uh, Hudson Street um, in Mayfield, Pennsylvania. Doors open at six. Bell time seven thirty. Come out and support uh, Adina Steele, Mike Swanson. Come see a bunch of great matches. You're going to see a lot of really upcoming talent uh, going to be colliding with some veterans of the world, and that's going to be the best way to, to to see the show is come out and see it live. I'll be on commentary as well as my buddy BP Burke, and uh, it's it's going to be a blast. Anything in closing, bud? Anything else you want to plug or get out there? Just want to say like, follow, subscribe. Any indie talent, wrestling talent that wants advice, uh, again, you know my story now. So I'm going to have a certain viewpoint. Happy to help. Happy to help. Fitness, nutrition, character. I love character building. Happy to help there. And then, again, come out this Saturday. So the Adina Steel Philly Mike Benefit Show. Um, I will be wrestling. J.S. Michaels will be wrestling uh, what he's considered six snowflakes. So if you add all their ages up, it's probably not as old as me. But I hopefully I'm not going to come out you know, wheeling my way in a walker. But that said, come out to the show. There's so many matches with so much different talent, up and coming, old school. And uh, also like, follow, subscribe. I keep saying it, I know, but come on, do it for me right now where I'm not leaving this podcast. Like, follow, subscribe. Like, follow, subscribe. (laughs) Ross says he wants the 902 and 0 theme again. Oh, what are you going to book me for? You want me to be a teen icon again? You can't call me a teen anymore, Rashi. A little bit old (laughs) for that, but I'll try. Anyway, ABJ, thank you so much. Best of luck with your podcast. Uh, hopefully, I'll come back sometime in in the future talking about some other random bag of doors stuff. Up, and, uh, doors always open, brother. It's always right, open. For, I, I haven't booked my first return guest yet, but I'm sure I'm sure they'll start coming soon. Yeah, at least before I'm sixty, that would be great. So you know, that's only ten years from now or whatever. But um, <laughs> all good, ABJ. An old an old icon. <laughs> hey. I'm probably better at, at eight, things get finer with age, right? I'm probably better today than I was 20 years ago. I don't know how, but I'm sure it's true. If you are watching on Facebook or Twitch, please click this link here. This will take you, I don't watch it not go up on Facebook. This will take you to the YouTube channel so you can subscribe and hit those likes. Uh, it helps out so much. Um, one, once again, I, I know I'm, I sound like a re- repeating record, but like, for a while there, I had five podcasts on one Patreon, and then the Patreon kind of dissipated because I ended those five podcasts. Some people still stuck around and supported, but a lot of that helped pay for StreamYard and Adobe and you know gas to shows and everything. But Facebook, Facebook doesn't cost you anything. Go follow my page on Facebook, like, share, all that stuff that goes on Facebook. I'm already up to 70 bucks for the month because Facebook monetized me, and I'm getting paid for people commenting and liking, and it costs you $0.00. Um, so I really want to appreciate everybody on the Facebook side who have been showing love and uh, getting the name out there and sharing the page and having other people like it and supporting it because you're paying me and you don't even realize you're doing it and it means the world and it cost like I said it costs you nothing. So supporting people or supporting uh, social media brands and pages uh, goes a lot further than you think it does uh, by hitting like and sharing. I know it sounds repetitive, but it does truly help. 
Um, so thank you once again, JS Marcos, everyone who tuned in today. Uh, we had some heart uh, care reactions from Ryan, uh, loves from Harris and Lindsay and Pat, uh, and thumbs ups from Alan, Amber, and Lance. Thank you guys all so much. We'll see you guys next time. Here's some music from Billy Trey, but make sure, like I said, you check the links below to see how you can support the independent wrestling scene as well as myself and my guests. We'll see you next time. <laughs>